Well, hello again. And uh, I'm really, really glad you're here this morning. I'm really glad you've come back for Be True to Yourself, part two. Because, um, let's be honest, Be True to Yourself, part one, it was a bit of an eye-opener last week, wasn't it? It was pretty sobering and pretty challenging. The take-home message from last week was basically that Be True to Yourself, it doesn't work. And the reason it doesn't work is that we are broken people. And in fact, every part of ourself is broken. And we are so broken that when it comes to figuring out what's right and what's wrong, we just can't do it. And in fact, sometimes we're actually convinced in our heart of hearts that we're doing what's right, but it turns out that we're doing the wrong thing. So you might remember we looked at this verse from Proverbs last week. There is a way that seems right to a man, but in the end it leads to death. Within ourselves, we don't have the ability to know what's right and what's wrong. So how on earth are we meant to be true to ourselves? How are we meant to live in a way that's true to how God made us to be if we can't even figure out what is the right way to live? And when we do try, we get it so horribly wrong. Well... What I want to say today is that actually being true to yourself does work, it can work. But what we need is for our brokenness to somehow be fixed and mended. What we need is for our minds to be renewed and transformed. What we need is to know what's right. So how can we know what's right? Well, that's what our Bible reading this morning was all about. It was only a short reading. But it gives us the key to being true to ourselves. Or more importantly, it gives us the key to living in a way that's true to how God made us to be. So we're up to point one on the outline. It'd be great to keep Romans chapter 12 open in front of you. And here, in the opening couple of verses of Romans 12, it tells us that the way that we can know what's right is by the renewing of our minds. So Romans 12 and verse 1. Have a look with me. I urge you, brothers, in view of God's mercy... To offer your bodies as living sacrifices, holy and pleasing to God. This is your spiritual act of worship. Do not conform any longer to the pattern of this world, but be transformed by the renewing of your mind. So you see, we're all broken. Our minds are broken. We can't even tell what's right and what's wrong. But this is saying that that brokenness can be fixed up. It can be mended. We can be transformed. And it all starts by the renewing of our minds. What we need to do is to stop thinking like the world and to start thinking like God. So look at verse 2 again. It says, Do not conform any longer to the pattern of this world. In other words, stop thinking like the world does. Stop going along with everything that the world tells you to do. Instead, be transformed by the renewing of your mind. Start thinking like God does. Get on board with his way of thinking. See life from his perspective. That's how we renew or reset our minds. And look at what happens when we do that. Second half of verse 2. Then you will be able to test and approve what God's will is. His good, pleasing and perfect will. So you see, when we renew our minds, when we start thinking like God, it's almost as though someone has switched the light on in a dark room. And we're suddenly able to see what's right. I have this really vivid memory. I can't quite remember how old I was, but I was pretty young. 
And it's a memory of the very first time I had a sleepover at a friend's place. And I remember I was really excited to be having this sleepover. And we had a great time together, stayed up late into the night. And eventually we did go to sleep. But for some reason, I don't know why, I woke up in the middle of the night. And the room was pitch black, I can remember that. And in my little mind, I immediately thought, I'm at home in my room. And so I got out of bed to go and see Dad and Mum so they could tuck me back in. But what happened was, I stepped on the pile of Lego we'd be playing with before and I tripped over and that hurt. But I got back up and I kept going and eventually I got to the door, or actually it was where I thought the door was and it turned out it was just a wall. And that was a genuinely frightening moment for me. I was really disoriented. Here I was, a little boy, in a pitch black room. I couldn't see a thing. I didn't know where my bed was anymore. I didn't know where the door was. I didn't know where my parents were. I didn't know which way was which. I didn't know what was right. I didn't even know what room I was in. And I just started crying. Tears running down my face, crying out for mum and dad to come help me. For a little guy, alone and lost in the dark, it was a really scary experience. And eventually, when my friend's mum came and turned the light on, it was the best thing that ever happened to me. (laughs) Suddenly, it all made sense. I could see where the door was. I could see where the bed was. I could see that I was in my friend's room. It all made sense. When we try and live on our own, when we think like the world does, it's like we are stumbling around in the dark. We don't know which way is which. We can't tell right from wrong. But when we stop thinking like the world and when we start thinking like God, it's like someone turns the light on. Suddenly everything becomes clear. Suddenly we know what's right. We know what God's will is, his good, pleasing and perfect will. So what is right? What is God's will? Well, we've actually already been told in these verses. Look again at the second half of verse 1. Offer your bodies as living sacrifices, holy and pleasing to God. This is your spiritual act of worship. What's right? What's God's will? That is, God's will is for you to offer yourself as a living sacrifice to him. In other words, the right way for you to live is to live all of your life under our creator God. The right way for you to live is to use all the different parts of yourself in service of him. Now that's a big ask and so I reckon it begs the question, why on earth would you do that? Well, look now at the start of verse 1. I urge you, brothers, in view of God's mercy, to offer your bodies as living sacrifices. The reason we would use ourselves, uh, sorry, the reason we would offer ourselves as living sacrifices, the reason we would serve God with everything that we have, the reason that we would live all of life under Him is because of His mercy. And the first 11 chapters of Romans have been all about God's mercy. If we were to go right back to the beginning of Romans and read the first three chapters, we'd find out that God. He's angry with people. He's angry with people because they reject him and they ignore him. He's angry with people because they try and live life without him. He's angry with people because they serve themselves and they don't serve him. This is really what we saw last week, isn't it? We say no to God and so he hands us over to our sinful desires. This is the verse we looked at last week. Since they did not think it worthwhile to retain the knowledge of God... He gave them over to a depraved mind 
to do what ought not to be done. That's what happens when you try and be true to yourself in the way that the world thinks of it. That's what happens when you try to live life your way without God. It's a mess and you deserve God's judgment. But as we read on on in Romans, we find out that God is merciful. And so rather than giving us what we deserved, he has shown us how much he loved us by giving Jesus to die in our place. This is what it says a bit later. God demonstrates his own love for us in this. While we were still sinners, Christ died for us. And because Jesus died in our place for our sin, we actually can be saved from the mess that we've got ourselves into when we try and be true to ourselves. Everyone who calls on the name of the Lord will be saved. That's just a couple of chapters earlier in Romans. That is God's mercy. The first 11 chapters of Romans show that God has treated us far, far better than we deserve. We think that be true to yourself means do whatever you want to do. You do you. But we're wrong. When we live life serving ourselves, we end up in a world of pain. We end up in a whole bunch of trouble. But when we live life God's way under him, it's a completely different story. I remember when I was young, uh, growing up, dad and mum, they used to make us wear sunscreen every time we went out in the sun. And I didn't particularly enjoy that. I don't like the greasy feel of sunscreen. And I, don't really, I didn't really see why it was necessary to wear sunscreen all the time. But I did it because they said I should. That is until one day. I think I was in about year 12. And some friends and I decided to float down the river on tyre tubes. And just as we were about to set off, I had in the back of my mind Dad's voice and Mum's voice saying, put some sunscreen on. But this day I decided, nah, not going to do it. And I felt so big, so mature, so free, so independent. I was doing things my way. So we set off and we floated down the river for about three or four hours on this summer's day. We had a great time. But here's what happened next. First, that night, in the middle of the night, I remember, I got up to get a glass of water. The next thing I remember is lying on the living room floor. I'd fainted, you see, from heat stroke. And I think mum came to my rescue and she took me back to bed that night. But that wasn't even the worst bit. The next morning when I woke up, every bit of bare skin was covered in blisters. Arms, shoulders, back, legs, toes... Nose, ears, everywhere. I had blisters everywhere. Some of them were about as big as two 50-cent coins. I have never felt pain like that before or after. And look, mum and dad, they were really, really good. They didn't say, I told you so. They didn't say, you've got what you deserved. They were merciful. They helped me get out of the mess that I'd gotten myself into. They helped to soothe the pain. They looked after me for a few days till I was better. And then they gently reminded me of why it's important to wear sunscreen. (laughs) And look, I'll be honest, because of what happened, because of the way they treated me, I do things their way now. I always wear sunscreen when I go out in the sun, and now I tell my kids to do it as well. But friends, God has been far more merciful to us. He has made a way for us to be saved. He has gotten us out of the trouble that we get ourselves in And he did it through Jesus. And in light of that, in view of the way that God has treated us, in view of his mercy, it says here in Romans, I urge you 
to offer your bodies as living sacrifices. I urge you to live life his way. I urge you to live all of your life under Jesus. I urge you to put your whole self, everything you have and everything you are, all of it under him. Because like the first 11 chapters of Romans show, when we live life our way, it ends up in a great big mess. A painful mess. A damaging mess. But when we live life God's way under Jesus, he rescues us from that mess that we've got ourselves in and he shows us a far better way to live, the right way to live. So, here's the picture of ourself that, Rome, uh, that uh, Wayne sorry, helped us to see last week. Remember that from last week? And I reckon that's a really, really helpful picture because it's a reminder that we are complex creatures. We are made up of lots of different parts. Sexuality and emotions. But even that's just part of what makes up ourself. But if we apply the things that we've been reading in Romans 12 here, the picture is actually going to look more like this. That is a more complete picture of ourself. See that? All those different parts of ourself, absolutely everything, it is all under Jesus. That is what it means to offer your bodies as living sacrifices. That is what it means to not conform to the pattern of this world but to be transformed. And living like that, it all starts with the renewing of your mind. It all starts by thinking like God and not like the world. Because as our thinking changes, that'll change our behaviour. That's the way it works, isn't it? Thinking leads behaviour. I mean, if you think you need a new pair of shoes, actions will follow. You'll go down the street and you'll get a new pair of shoes. If you think it's more important to own a house than to rent a house, then you'll do what's necessary to own a house. If you think it's okay to tell a lie to get yourself out of trouble, that's what you're going to do the next time you're in trouble. You'll tell a lie. Thinking, the framework in which we think, it shapes what we do. And that's why here in Romans it says that the first step to not conforming to the world, the first step to being transformed, the first step to, living, uh, to being a living sacrifice, the first step to being true to the way that God made you to be, the first step to being true to yourself, the first step is renewing our minds, seeing ourselves like God does, seeing ourselves like this. And once we do see ourselves like this, do you see what it means? It means that always the primary question, the most important thing to think about, is how am I living out the fact that I am under Jesus? How am I being true to the reality that all of my life and all of myself is under his authority? When we see ourselves like this, Jesus is the title page, the, the kind of heading of our lives. And you see there in that picture, I know it's only a picture, but you get the point, in that picture there, there is no room up the top there for anything else. When we see ourselves like this, the way that God sees us, it gives a clarity to the saying, be true to yourself. Because suddenly none of those little parts like skills or friends or work, none of those little parts are the main thing anymore. In fact, none of them can be the main thing anymore. Because Jesus is the main thing. So, when we see ourselves like this, be true to yourself, it cannot mean... That gender is the most important thing and you have to live that out at all costs. Because see what happens? Gender can't fit up the top there and so it goes back down under Jesus. 
Jesus alone is over our life. And so how we think about our gender, it has got to be secondary to the fact that primarily we are under Christ. So to be true to yourself wouldn't be to say, this is who I am. I'm a transgendered person and I have to live that out at all costs. To be true to yourself would be to say, okay, how do I be true to the gender that God has made me to be? How do I be true to the fact that I'm a woman even though I feel like a man? And look, be true to yourself can't mean that our emotions and the way you feel are the most important thing and you have to follow your heart and live that out at all costs. Just like with gender, there's no room for emotions to be the overriding factor that determines how we live. Instead of trying to put everything under our emotions, we should not conform to the pattern of the world, but instead be transformed and bring even our emotions uh, under Jesus. So that might mean that you won't leave... Well, it will mean, sorry, that you won't leave your loveless marriage for another man, even though he makes you feel loved and valued and understood... Because you know that actually all of life, including your emotions, are under Jesus. And what it means to be true to that is to stay in your marriage and to work hard at loving your husband. Also be true to yourself when we see ourselves like this. It cannot mean that your race or your ethnicity or your nationality is the most important thing and you have to live that out at all costs. So for instance, if you're Indigenous Australian there might be some aspects of that culture that you need to wrestle with, like perhaps Dreamtime stories. And you need to figure out how you hold those things and how they fit with being under the lordship of Jesus. Or it may be that you need to try and figure out how does my allegiance to my mob fit with my allegiance to Jesus? Can those two things work together? I was driving down the street yesterday, and I don't know, I've never seen it before, but I saw it last night. There's a sign above Dubbo Square that says, Proud to be Aboriginal. And that's good. It's great to be proud of our race and our nationality. But above that should be an even bigger sign that says proud to belong to Jesus. Or if you're from a Chinese culture, you might need to decide whether things like ancestor worship fits with being under Jesus. Because be true to yourself cannot mean that living out your race or your ethnicity or your nationality is the thing that you have to do at all costs. Even that part of who you are needs to come under Jesus and needs to be transformed. Be true to yourself can't mean that your work, being a farmer or an engineer or a housewife or a house husband, that cannot be the most important thing and you have to live that out at all costs. Being true to yourself can't mean that your sexuality is the most important thing and you have to live that out at all costs. Once we see ourselves as we actually are, once we see ourselves the way that God does, the way that he made us to be, suddenly it brings a beauty and a simplicity to life. We don't have to try and figure out which part of ourselves to be true to anymore. We don't have to try and figure out which bit is right. Because actually there's only one part of ourselves to be true to. There's only one that's ultimately right. To really, truly be true to ourselves means to offer our whole self as a living sacrifice to Jesus. It means living all things under him. And what we've seen over the last two weeks is that living that way, living God's way under Jesus, it actually is the best way to live. That really is being true to yourself. Because when we go our own way, when we be true to ourselves in the way that the world thinks of it, 
life just becomes aimless and meaningless, like a child wandering around in the dark, trying to find the door. Life just becomes damaging and painful, like me not putting my sunscreen on. When we try and be true to ourselves in the way that the world thinks of it, we just end up damaging ourselves and hurting the people around us, and worse still, ruining our relationship with God. But when we break that mould, when we stop conforming to the world's way of thinking, when we renew our minds and when we transform our lives, and when we bring it all under the lordship of Jesus, suddenly we have a life that's full of meaning, a life that is good, a life as it's meant to be, a life that is true to the way that God made us to be. A life under the lordship of Jesus, that is a life that is good and pleasing in God's eyes. So friends, let me urge you, be true to yourself. Let me pray. Father, we pray that you would renew our minds, that you would help us to see uh, things to see ourselves the way that you've made us to be, and that is under Jesus. And we pray that as you renew our minds, that our lives would be transformed as well. And that in all the many and different and varied parts of our lives, that we would work hard at thinking about how do I live this out under Jesus and in obedience to him and in a way that is honouring to him. Help us to offer our whole selves as living sacrifices in service of Jesus. And we pray these things in his name. Amen.